You're listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Amen. I love um, you know what the Bible says in Psalm uh, 39, I believe it is, 34. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's a pretty cool statement. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste, you know, often we can see it and we wonder, but there's actually a moment where we've got a taste, right? And Will, if you just throw it to me, that's all good. Um, I love uh, that for Andrew and, and, uh, and Jill, right, 17 years ago, he tasted a bread bun. A bread bun. A 70 cent bun. You know, like if you, if you, like if you went to Brumbies or whatever, if you, like a bun. As a university student sitting in a hostel room, a bunch of crazies knocked on the door. Maybe not crazies, maybe just people with a, a God dream. Knocked on the door and offered a bread bun. And then you look at the legacy of what's taken place. You look at a family that's come together. You look at these people who would feel like they're on purpose and they're on mission. Isn't it amazing what can take place if we would just follow what God drops in our spirit? See, that initiative that was taking place was called the bread run. Go figure, hey? Creative names. Uh, you guys, are you all right tonight? Okay, cool. Just get louder, all right? You're making me nervous. Uh, we, we had this thing drop in our spirit called the bread run. And we were just simply, we went to all the bakeries and asked them for their leftover bread. And we went to university hostels and knocked on doors and just said, hey, we're the bread run. And, uh, and simply gave out bread and started to connect. And that's where we met Andrew. He was a university student. And all of a sudden, look what's turned around. Taste and see. Come on, that the Lord is good. I love that. You know, like we want to we wanna just see and see and see. No, but there's actually a moment where we've got to taste something. We've got to take hold of that which God has put within us. And I wanted to share tonight something that God's in a good way made heavy on my heart. And I don't want to replicate what took place this morning. And we had a great God moment this morning. And he obviously moved in an awesome way. I, I believe for something fresh tonight. But in my heart, I feel like there's a heaviness of us coming back to that place of what God birthed in the Spirit. What He put in our heart at the beginning, bringing that back to the forefront. That the vision that He placed on us, the dream that He called us to as a church, that we would bring that back into the forefront. Because who knows what God births in the Spirit, right? What He places on the inside of us can only be fulfilled by His Spirit. So many of us, and, uh, and it's a good thing, we get something from God. We get a, we get a, a dream. You know, Angela's carrying a dream at the moment, and Brendan for this, this uh, uh, amazing product, this bottle, this drink bottle, and it's just been awesome to see the favor on it. And we get this deposit of a dream. We've got people here today, you've got a dream of, of loved ones coming to know God the same way you know Him. And, and there's people here, you've got dreams, and you've had a promise from God for breakthrough in your life, and you're holding on to that. But so often what we do is we get something deposited in our spirit, and then we go after it with all of our strength. Now, a dream to come to pass needs all of us committed to it, right? So we go after it with all of our strength and we go after it with all of the ability to steward and to, and to, to care for and to be faithful with that which God has given us. But so often what we do is we then take it from a place of not longer needing His Spirit, but it's all about our ability and our strength and our stewardship. And look what I've done. And God, I've done this and I've done this, but you're not doing what I want you to do. Does it sound familiar to some of our moments of frustration in our prayer times? I know it is for me. <laughs> But what God's saying is what I birthed in your spirit has to have my spirit. 
to be able to see it come to pass. Because the problem of what happens if when we try and outwork something that's been put in our spirit through our strength, what happens is we start to get damaged souls. Because it won't happen in your timing. And it won't happen how you thought it would happen. And it won't be about your efforts and your ability. But it's not by my might. But, and it's not by my power. But it is by His Spirit. And see, when we came to Melbourne, uh, you know, coming up, uh, you know, in about five weeks' time, it's going to be five years since we moved as a family to Melbourne. I want to tell you that moving to Melbourne wasn't just a, it wasn't a career choice. It, it wasn't just a, oh, here's a cool opportunity. It was something that God birthed in our spirit. Right? It was something that for us, we were in a position where we were stretched on every side in regards to what God was doing with us and through us. And we loved being a part of what was taking place in New Zealand. And the North Campus had literally just started and, and Nada and I were leading there and we were running other things. And, and we had literally just bought our first home uh, you know, for a crazy miraculous moment that was a two-year faith journey that came to pass. Here we are in Pastor Paul's office saying, Pastor Paul, guess what? We just had the biggest miracle take place. We just bought our dream home in a dream location, only 20 minutes from the surf. Unreal, 100 grand lower than read like than the market value. Unbelievable. And he says, yeah, wow. He says, well, so what do you reckon about Melbourne? You know, like, you know, like, I'm like, what about Melbourne, man? Like, I mean, this is unbelievable. And here is this thing that's put in front of you. And, and Pastor Paul's amazing because he said, I don't want you to do it because I've asked you to do it. I want you to do it because it's a God thing. And then we went in this moment and here I am in worship and I said, God, there's five things I need you to touch. I need to know that you've got these things. And in this moment of worship, God breathed into that moment. And I want to believe he wants to breathe into people's worlds tonight. He breathed into that moment and I shed five tears. And I believe every tear represented those things that were in our heart that we needed God to know. Or we needed to know from God that he had it completely under control. Some of those things were the transitions of the North Campus and another area that we were involved with is youth ministries. And one area was our family coming here and we have no family. But who knows that when God takes you, come on, He's got the provisions for you. When the people in this room uh, are not just, you know, people we do church with, there's people in this room that are family to us. And it's an unbelievable, uh, you know, our home. So we end up selling that. And we end up now in a home in Airport West, which is an absolute God miracle, which is far bigger and greater than we could ever have pictured or made it possible in our own strength. But the fifth one was, God, if you're sending us to go and just put another church on a street corner, then I'm telling you, we don't want to go. We want to go and be a part of building a church that's there to touch a city. We want to be part of a church that wants to reach people and help people and love people and care for people and be there to be able to help in the everyday needs and to be able to see something take place that's going to touch a city and reach a nation. I said, if that's the church you want us to go, then we're all in. Please don't send us to babysit a bunch of people that just want to be a gimme, 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 my middle name's Jimmy. Like, we don't want that. We want to be a part of a body of believers that are saying, God, whatever you give us, we're ready to go after it. Whatever it means is as comfortable as it is. Come on, you can count on us. And in this moment, God started to dream, a dream in my heart. And as I was thinking about it this afternoon, I want you to capture this. What God drops in your spirit, there's going to be things where you don't know the detail, but you've got to step out and you've got to go for it. He's not going to give you all the detail. He's not going to give you all the solutions. He's not going to tell you how everything's going to work out. He's going to put something in your spirit and he's going to, are you going to be willing to go? But what I realized in that moment is that not only did we go 
And it was the craziest and it's been the most incredible adventure of our lives, the hardest adventure of our lives. And it's just been awesome to see God's hand through everything. And it's been awesome to be moments where we're saying, God, where are you? Because who knows when you're in the middle of what God is doing, you can still ask God, where on earth are you? As God's Abraham said to God, are you sure you want me to sacrifice my son? Come on, this just doesn't sound like God, where are you? Come on, God, you want us to walk into the fire? God, where are you? God, you want me to stand before a king that would take my head? God, where are you? I want to tell you when he says go, if you would just go, you will see him through it all. But what I realized is 18 months in, he started to drop a vision. And as I realized today, I had this epiphany or I had this moment where I realized it was 18 months into us being here that we were sitting in Coburg at one of my favorite cafes, Proud Mary, sitting there having incredible coffee. And, I, and Nadia and I looked at each other and we said, we're in Melbourne. This is our home. This is our home. We're in Melbourne. You know, like, and we couldn't have been prouder and we couldn't have been more stoked. Like we couldn't have been like, like we were just like, this is... We're in Melbourne. Like, look, it must have been weird to be on the group table looking at us and we're just looking at each other going, we're in Melbourne. This is our home. You know, like, and not a regret, not a what have we done, but a place of like, my gosh, thank you, Lord, that when you said go, we said, okay, we'll go. But what I realized is that when we left New Zealand, we landed on this shore, we declared that this is now our home. New Zealand's no longer our home now. It's always got a special place in our heart. But who knows that God wants you not just to be obedient, but he wants you to take ownership for that which he's put in your spirit. And we took ownership of what he put in our spirit. And there, who knows, who knows, your heart can start to mold around what God wants. And eight months in, about exactly the same time, God dropped a dream in my heart for the church that we see. For the church that God has positioned here in Melbourne for such a time as this with our incredible senior pastors. And I thank God for senior pastors that say to us, come on, it's time to dream. You've got to dream for your city. You've got to dream for your community. You've got to dream for your people. And a dream came into my heart. You see, this came out of me understanding or realizing that, uh, I think it's Martin Luther King, when, when he has that statement, I have a dream. Remember that amazing, amazing uh, prophetic moment? That moment wasn't scripted. From what I understand, it was a moment where someone in the crowd yelled out, tell us what you really see. And he went off script and he started to speak out of his heart. And in this moment, I learned that it was actually at a legacy moment. It was the morning of a legacy service. And here I am out in the back, early hours of the morning. I learn of this moment and I just say, God, tell me what you really see. And in this moment, I start to write down the dream. And I want to declare the dream tonight. Because if you're part of this awesome church, then this dream is a part of you. Come on, we're not here to occupy a seat. We're not here because we've got nothing else on a Sunday night. No, we're here because we're commissioned by God for such a time as this. And I want you to capture this dream in your heart. I, uh, I might get emotional. I hope I do because I've been praying, God, make me cry more because uh, I don't cry enough. And it feels good when you shed a few tears, eh, ladies? It just feels so good. But hear me, I have, that was a really sexist remark, wasn't it? Sorry. I have a dream. Come on, catch it in your heart. I have a dream that Life Melbourne would be a church that is full of faith and in anticipation to eagerly and actively engage in everything that God brings our way. Always ready to scale countless mountains, 
run at every giant while possessing an unwavering faith that constantly is relying on the God of the possible to overcome the impossible. I have a dream of life being multiple campuses across this city and even across this nation, reaching all ethnicities, a church that is authentic, relevant, real, and where people don't encounter religion, but the greatest relationship of all, they encounter Jesus. A church that it's known in its community for the hope it has brought and the life that it enables through tangible transformation. I have a dream of wheelchairs being emptied on altars, diseases being defied, cancer being cured, and that the power and the presence of God would be so strong that sickness could not remain. Addictions will break, mental illnesses will be no longer, and a generational bondages are going to be broken in the name of Jesus. I have a dream of Life Melbourne being a church that is big enough in love, overflowing in grace, that we will welcome people from all walks of life. And we are the first to see the God potential in people before identifying any fault or difference in anyone. I dream of a day where we will be tangibly in the highways and the byways, caring, providing and resolving the needs of this city, rescuing thousands out of prostitution, freeing those who are in debt and who thanks God that we're doing that through CAP and our awesome team already, sheltering those who have been displaced. I dream of a day where this building is too small for what God is going to do amongst the young people, amongst the young adults who are going to passionately, creatively and innovatively engage and release the generations to shine their light and shower their generation with the saltiness of God, thus bringing transformation and a belonging to a generation. They will rise up and they will stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before them and their visions will far exceed our dreams. I dream of a day where we will see a nightclub with young adults hearing about the love of Jesus proclaimed. Hundreds falling to their knees as they meet the one that they've actually always longed for. I dream of a day where like New Zealand, we will also have our own purpose-crafted facilities that are nothing short of God-breathed. A campus full of activity from Sunday through to Saturday. And it is going to be a community home, that, a community hub that is a home for all. A campus that declares the bigness and the faithfulness of God and love her or despise her, you will not be able to sidestep her. I dream that our influence into the business community would see business people discovering true success, significance, value and identity and whose marriages are healthy, who have kids who feel loved and who love their parents, cherished and they're going to be full of God's true riches. I dream of a day... Well, not only do we have a number of life businesses resourcing our community vision, but those employed by those businesses are people finding transformation from their previous lives on the street. They're getting, quali getting qualified in society-strengthening professions rather than the drug destruction that they were raised in. I dream of elite sports people, world-recognized world performers, and the kings and queens of our day walking into life campuses and finding acceptance finding value and a place to belong purely on whose they are rather than what they do. Then in this, they are going to discover the full purpose of God to enable them to touch the world with far more than just great gifts and talents, but they're going to touch it with the grace and the peace and the hope and the love of our God. I dream that once again, we will see the MCG at record capacity, not because of a sporting fixture, but by the unifying of His church. And it will lift up the name that is above every name. I have a dream where the love of God will sweep over our city and nation so radically 
that regardless of people's religious affiliations, corrupt lifestyles, or perspective they currently have of Jesus, that they are going to be undone because they encounter a love so powerful. Come on, so real that they can't help but surrender their hearts and encounter the freedom, forgiveness, and purpose that is only found in Jesus. And I have a dream of a church where people will never respond out of obligation. But we will be faith-filled. We will be spirit-willing. We will have roused hearts that will constantly hunger for the expanding, the extending, and the adorning of His bride. To see every sphere and every generation impacted and changed with the reality of Jesus. I carry a dream. Do you carry a dream? Do you carry a dream for the church? Do you carry a dream for the mission and the cause of His kingdom here on earth? I pray that today we would come back to a place where we would say, God, it's yes, we're going to go hard with our strength. Yes, we're going to go and steward everything you've given us. But we come back going, God, we need your spirit. God, we need a fresh touch and a fresh wave of your anointing. We need a fresh touch and a fresh wave of your power because that's the great news. When it's got our strength, our stewardship, yet His Spirit, it means it's got His bigness on it. Come on, it means it's got His power on it. It's got His availability on it. It's got His favor on it. It's got His grace on it. It's got His anointing on it. See, I pray that we don't look at things like Life Spring Festival and just think, oh yeah, another event. That we wouldn't look at Christmas production and go, oh, that's nice that we're doing that. We wouldn't think of summer retreat as just like, oh, that's right. Another thing you're trying to get me along to. Oh, that's, yeah, no, get me along to that. I pray that we would never be that kind of church. That we just look at things as an event on a calendar. No, these are strategic moments that God has given us so that we could go and make the great news of God known to everybody. See, I am so excited that this Friday coming, we're all going to be there in the greatest billboard for the church is you. The greatest thing that can tell this world, what is church really like? It's just like me. It's normal. It's fun. It's alive. It's kind. It's caring. It it, it looks beyond self and says, how can I serve and help somebody else? I pray that in that night, Honestly, there's going to be friendships that are formed with people that would normally never, ever collide. I believe people are going to have authentically someone pray for them and we're going to see breakthrough in people's lives. Come on, I'm believing now. I'm telling you right now, do not be weird. Don't you be weird. We've got security for weirdness, all right? Like, and keeping people safe. But no, seriously, we're not there to try and push some sort of religion or, or some sort of like message of you better turn or burn. No, we're there to show the love of Jesus. Come on, that shows when people say, man, who, who is this? Who does all this? Why is it free? You know, like, oh, I wasn't going to let my kids on that ride. But then someone told me, no, no, it's free. Like, just go and have it. Like, you know, I was like, oh, I'd love to buy some candy floss. I said, buy it. You're not buying anything. Our church put it on for free. Go and have it. You know, like... Am I the only one that gets excited about that? (laughs) No, seriously. And when they say, what is this? You say, this is my church. This is not that church down the road. It's not just those guys on stage. Oh, they, yeah, they kind of run stuff. No, this is my church. This is what we believe in. We believe in helping. We believe in being there for people. We believe in revealing that the church isn't what you thought it was. It's not... 
full of pews and stained glass windows where you walk in and people are going to be looking at you with judgmental eyes. No, it's a place where you're going to walk in and whether you believe or not, it doesn't matter. You're going to belong. You're going to walk into that place and people are going to want to know you. They're going to want to be your friend and they're going to want to hang out. Look out because you're going to be inundated with new people going, hey, how are you? My name's da-da-da. Hey, how are you? My name's da-da-da. Hello, how are you? My name's da-da-da. And you're going to feel nervous to leave because you're not going to remember all the names of the people that met you. I like that. I'd rather be people be offended because we're too nice rather than offended because no one said hello. I love that we have a friendly church. Come on. I, I'm telling you, there is many people who are going to walk onto that grass area who are from different religions. And I tell you what, I'm believing for the light of God. Come on, I'm believing for the presence of God in the most radical and the most normal way is going to meet them and they're going to be asking some of the biggest questions. Why would they do this? Why would they spend thousands and thousands so that we could come and have a good time? It's because our God gave far more than thousands and thousands so that we could know the love of a Savior that didn't have to be measured upon our goodness, upon our success or our ability to get life right. But He simply said, I love you and I'm willing to pay the highest price for you. That people would start to realize, come on, that, that the church might not just be what the media paints it out to be. It might not be the restrictive, rule-based, religious, hard, judgmental place that they have maybe once experienced. No, no, it's a place to call home. It's a place that meets the greatest desire of our heart. But hear me, if we don't come back to the fact that we need a spirit. I love what Moses got. If you don't come with me, I ain't going. And I've just felt stirred recently, not because we've got it wrong, not because we're on some tangent of our strength and our stewardship. No, no, not at all. We are greatly dependent. We are greatly in need of his presence. And he is turning up in phenomenal ways that we can only say, but God. But I'm telling you, I'm coming afresh tonight to say, you know what? We need to get to that place where when we sing a song that we've been singing tonight, I know it's for the first time, but it says, I'm not enough unless you come. That position that says, God, I can't actually do what you've asked me to do on my own. Come on, the dream, come on, that he placed in your spirit, that promise that you carry in your heart is not for him to give you and then you to do on your own or for us to have and then us to go and enable on our own ability. No, no, we need his Holy Spirit. Come on, we need to boldly and confidently declare, God, I'm not enough unless you come. Come on, we can't do this without you. We don't want to sing songs without you. We don't want to connect without you. We don't want to run kids ministry without you. We don't want to do groups without you. We don't want to even, we just don't want to do it. Lord, we're not enough. And I'm boldly and happily able to declare, God, without you, Lord, I am deficient. Lord, without you, I am lacking. But with you, my gosh, we are more than able to do everything that you've placed in our heart to do. I love that. Come on, I want to read this great scripture because it's been basically like a, a commissioning scripture, I believe, for, for us as a, as a church. And, and then I'm going to invite the team to come up because we're going to sing that song. We're going to worship just for a few moments. And, and I want us to really come on, just really go after God tonight. But I love what it says in Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
Come on, isn't that an amazing statement from Isaiah? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Come on, do you know that the presence of God is on you? See, the Sovereign Lord, the Sovereign Lord is the, is, is the one who has all authority, the one who is the ruler of all rulers. The Spirit of the ruler of all rulers is upon me. Come on, I'm believing tonight. Come on, there's going to be a fresh deposit of His anointing and His Spirit to be on you. Are you hungry for that tonight? See, and the reason it is on him is because it's given him a mission and a commission to preach good news to the poor. Come on, we don't need to be, God, I need your presence because I just want more. No, no, he wants you to be filled with your presence so you've got something to give that's not just of your good work and your ability. It's to preach good news to the poor. It's to, he sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Come on, the day of comeback of our God to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Come on, we're going to be changing people's garments. Come on, there is going to be like a changing room experience that's going to take place. Come on, there's going to be an oil of gladness. Come on, people are going to walk in feeling like the weight of the world's on them. I'm believing they're going to be walking out. And I'm not just talking about Live Spring Festival. I'm talking about every service we have, every uh, epic moment that we've got, every time our young adults are together. Come on, there's going to be a taking off of the burden and a placing on of His presence, which is a blessing. The oil of gladness instead of mourning and the garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. And then it says this, they will then be called oaks of righteousness. How awesome is that? They will be a, a planning of the Lord, a display or a flaunting of His goodness, His splendor. You see, you ask yourself the question, who are they? Now we know then this, that they are the ones who were brokenhearted, they were captives, they were prisoners, they were mourning. But if you ask the question of yourself, who are they? That they is me. That they is you. Because if you lived the life I lived, then you are very aware that without God, come on, we are broken. Without God, we are empty. Without God, things don't make sense. And you may be in church for the first time tonight or you may be coming for a few weeks just checking this all out. I want to tell you that God is not a God that wants you to sign up to some religion. God is all about relationship. God is all about doing life with you. God is all about having a plan and a purpose for your life, not to limit nor restrict you, but to liberate and to purpose you. And it says that, that they, which is me, which is we, right? You're all happy knowing that God's transformed your life? We, it says, will rebuild ancient ruins and we will restore places long devastated and we will renew the cities that have been devastated for generations. See, what I love about that is it goes from a place of we are receivers to then now we are people who are giving. We are people who are dishing out. We are people who are now releasing. And we're not just releasing us. No, we're, re we're releasing so we can rebuild, we can restore and we can renew. Come on, that's the call, that's the commission, that's the heart, that's the vision, that's the mission. Come on, that we would be people who would receive, be transformed, and then we're going to renew. Come on, we're going to rebuild and we're going to restore. Come on, we're going to rebuild our community. We're going to restore this city. We're going to renew and turn around with the goodness and the grace of God that turned and changed our lives.
but I'm not enough unless you come. We can carry all the dream we want. God can deposit so much into our heart. But unless He comes, come on, unless it stays in that place of proximity, come on, in that womb, that place where it's able to grow, where everything it needs, the incubator of life, come on, is His Spirit. It is His presence. That's what I love about the Bible. It says in 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, Fan into flame the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Is it my, is it my dance ability? Well, we clearly know it's not that for me. Is it my singing ability? Well, it's clearly not that. Is it my speaking ability? Is it my, my love for people? Those are not bad gifts. But the gift of God, He wants to fan into flame. The gift of God that He wants to fan into flame, that He wants to be ever increasing in our lives is His presence. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.